If the Phillies' top three pitching prospects are the baby aces, Miami's top pitching prospects are the injured aces. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we are continuing with the National League East. And in this situation, we are looking at the Miami Marlins. 69 and 93 seem to perpetually be in a rebuild, but there's things to be excited about. With this farm system, especially the arms, Miami, more so than a lot of other teams, seems to stock up and have a, does a good job at finding pitchers. Uh, they found hitters, mind you. Let's, I mean, there's guys like JT Realmuto came out of the system. Giancarlo Stanton came out of the system. Chris and Yelich came out of the system. They just didn't stay with Miami. But the pitching is very, very good. The very top of the system, the number one prospect in this system, and one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball, Yuri Perez, 2019 IFA, talking 6'8", 220. At 17 games in AA last year, and what he did in these 17 games, 4.08 ERA in 75 innings, 106 strikeouts, so 12.7 per nine, 25 walks, so three walks per nine, nine home runs allowed. The thing with Yuri Perez is his stuff is very, very, very good. So fastball sits in the mid-90s and can touch 99. It's a 70 pitch, and I think part of the reason is the characteristics itself is it's just a good pitch. But also, being 6'8", he gets such ridiculous extension that it feels like he releases the ball right right in front of the plate. So mid-90s, but it plays up. So when he fires 99, that's coming in like a 102 because of the extension he gets on every pitch being so incredibly tall. I really like the fastball up in the zone, and he started using it last year inside to set up the backdoor slider. Uh, It's one of his multiple plus pitches, but those two work really well together. Uh, Slip throws the slider in the mid-80s, and that was kind of how he would do that. He'd elevate the fastball for swing and misses. He'd bring it inside, get you looking in, and then backdoor you with a slider. It was savage. To go along with that, change up, also a plus pitch. Good fade to it, Good some, had some good sink to it. It's a nice vertical component uh, that disguises arm speeds really well off of the fastball. Uh, had a curveball as well. I'd probably say it's above average. It's a spike curveball. It's got two-plane break to it. Not quite as good as everything else. I've seen some places call it a plus. I wouldn't throw a fit if you did. To me, it's a little bit of above average. Seems like it's something where he uses it early in counts to steal strikes, and I I don't feel like he's comfortable using it enough in the at-bat to call it a plus pitch, so I have it above average, but again, not going to argue with you if you have it as a plus. The control is somewhere between a 60 and a 65. The only thing that really can stop him is inexperience in the level or injury. So. He, he got put in double A 
to open the season. So age 18, and he's going out there for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos as the number one in the rotation. Struggled a little bit and then just started completely dominating in May and in June. Had a strained lap muscle, missed some time, came back right around the playoffs and helped Pensacola win the Southern League Championship. So clear cut, potential number one pitcher. We don't say that a ton. He would be the number one in Miami when he got promoted, if not for the fact that Sandy Alcantara is on that same, uh, is is in that same rotation. But you look at there's been trade conversation about Pablo Lopez. Uh, you have so many injured guys who we'll get to in a minute, and Yuri Perez becomes a very very good number two when he does finally come up. I expect them to start him in AAA next year. But depending on how well he does, as well as the injuries, determines how quickly you'll see him in the bigs. But you'll see him in the bigs. Number two pitcher in this system, right-hand pitcher Max Meyer. Another, unfortunately, like another injury thing here. But uh, 2020 first rounder out of Minnesota. 12 AAA starts last year before he made it to the bigs. 3.72 ERA in 58 innings with 65 strikeouts, so 10.1 per nine to 19 walks, 2.95 per nine. Five home runs allowed. Very, very good as well, but doesn't have as many plus pitches as a guy like Yuri Perez. So the fastball is a 60 grade. It sits in the mid-90s. Um, and 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 it's not the, the key to his arsenal, right? So for Max Meyer, he's using the fastball to set up a slider, a 70-grade slider that is the best in this system that just makes dudes look stupid. Like, it is a very, very good uh, pitch. He started using a changeup to kind of... Uh, correction. He he worked on improving the changeup so that it was a legitimate third pitch versus just being a something I can steal a strike with early in the count. Um, it is... One of the big things he did with that was he worked on improving the arm speed so that it matches. And so I feel like now the changeup's above average. The control, I've got him somewhere between above average and plus. Good pitcher. The thing here is Tommy John. He got in two games at the big league level, had to leave his second start, ended up needing Tommy John. So he is out for all of 2023. And the question will be in 2024, when do you get Max Meyer back and what does he look like? Because a reminder, Tommy John is not a perfect science. We still work on trying to make this as minimally devastating to your career as possible, but it is not an exact science. Number three prospect in the system is third baseman Jacob Berry. I use third baseman loosely. We'll get to that in a second. 2022 first rounder out of LSU and... Got in 37 games last year. The stats aren't incredibly mind-blowing. Some rookie ball, some low A, but 248, 343, 362, three home runs, 10 extra base hits, 14 walks to 29 strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. Let's talk about what he does well. Uh, Power is plus, contact ability is above average. Now, um, switch hitter, he has better contact from the left-hand side. I, I, I am a little curious about how his platoon splits are going to end up. It was surprising in college to see how little home run production he got against lefties. He hit one home run in college, his final year, against a left-hand pitcher. Whereas in 
low A Jupiter, he hit two against lefties in like 33 games. So a little bit unusual there. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out, but I like the contact ability. He can he can handle velocity. He's pretty good at taking a, a, a very fast fastball and just punching it through the gap and, you know, hopefully getting extra bases out of that. He is going to have some issues with holes in his swing. I think that's just something that I've noticed is it's, it's a longer swing. And so you like that he can get it sped up to catch up to velocity, but you want to see him be able to put power into that velocity as well as you worry about what it's going to do with chase away and things like that. Defensively, he's not a third baseman. The speed is is 40. The arm is below average. The fielding is even worse than that. Nothing in his defensive profile makes you feel like he's going to stick at third base. And so I see him as a future first baseman. Now, they didn't have him play any first base in low A Jupiter. He was playing all DH or third base, but I do feel like he's going to be a first baseman in the future. I, I just don't see anything defensively that makes me feel like he's going to stick at third. So you're looking at a power hitting first baseman or a DH. Number four prospect in the system, guy I really like, uh, shortstop Jose Salas, 6'2", 190. He was a 2019 IFA. And he's one of those guys that's just well-rounded. He's good at just about everything. He's not a master of anything. He's a jack of all trades. So Power, I've got power as average, contact is above average. It's a really simple swing, nice and smooth and easy. So he should be able to hit for a high average because there's not a lot of moving parts in the swing. It's not very complicated. Uh, The power, I think, is going to be one of those, he might have sneaky pop, but he's not going to be a power hitter. Uh, If he can make a little better quality contact, and get the ball more out in front of the plate. I think he could his power could pick up a little bit, as well as the physical maturity that comes with a lot of young players. He was 19 last year. Uh, in those 109 games, 250, 339, 384, mostly in low A, but some in high A. And nine home runs, 33 extra base hits, 43 walks to 95 strikeouts, 33 of 34 on stolen bases, which is... Very good, but reminder what low A and high A does to your stolen base numbers. His speed is actually fringe to average. He's not actually a fantastic runner. And if he slows down a little bit, uh, this like I think since he was signed and he hit, it, hit stateside in 2021, you've already seen the speed tick back a little bit. I think he's going to end up moving from short to third. The arms above average, he can do it. Uh, but... With the loss of speed, it's just, it's harder to make the plays that you need to make range-wise at short, especially with shift restriction. So I do see him as a third baseman going forward. In just a minute, we're going to have the state of the pitching conversation. There's so many injured guys here. There's talent, but you have to hope that the guy who does your Tommy Johns is on top of his game. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. I've talked about it now for weeks, but... If you are trying to eat healthy in 2023, look at Built Bars. We talk a lot on this show about the youngsters getting the physical development and things like that. And there's a big component of that that is being in the weight room and you know li- lifting weights, doing baseball activities. But we also talk about the guys that have to work on their conditioning. And that is usually not putting on too much weight. 
And the best thing there, cardio helps, but so much of that is diet. So I'm in the situation of I'm trying to watch my weight and not put on too much weight. That's why I use Built Bars. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. Helps me hit my macros to hit my fitness goals while still satiating my desire for junk food and candy and something sweet. Every Built Bar is 100% real chocolate. Like it's covered 100% real chocolate. Uh, but it's low calories and therefore it's good for me. So if this is something you want to work on, if you've got time, go to Built.com. Check out the list of all of the flavors, the limited time things, the, the revolving flavors, the permanent ones. Or if you don't want to wait for something to get shipped, you can go to Walmart or Sam's. Go to Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, get a box of Built Bars, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, of double chocolate, or of coconut puff. And if you're lucky enough to have a Sam's nearby, go get a 13-bar box. Brownie batter, churro, plenty of options. So go to Walmart, go to Sam's, or go to Built.com to check out all of your options for Built Bars today. Okay. State of the pitching. It's time to have this conversation. There are so many top pitching options in this system, and so many of them are hurt. We talked about Max Meyer already, Tommy John out for the whole year. Yuri Perez had the strained lap muscle. Came back, should be okay for next year, but one of those things, again, where guys have been hurt. Looking at some of these top prospects, there's quite a few guys that are out now with injury, you're trying to get back. One that did, did just recently came back. Okay, so he had, he had Tommy John in 2020. Mixed results in 2021. Looked a lot better in 2022. And towards the end of the year, started to get back into his groove. Is left-hand pitcher Dax Fulton. Another tall pitcher, 6'6", 230. He was a second rounder out of high school in 2020. He had the shoulder injury, or he sorry, he had the Tommy John in high school. What he did last year, 24 games, 23 of those were starts, 380 ERA, and this is divided between high A Beloit and double A Pensacola, but most of these were high A. 380 ERA and 118 and a third innings, 150 strikeouts, so 11.4 per nine, to 42 walks, 3.2 per nine, eight home runs allowed. So form, like I said, really started to come back late in the year. He got a playoff start against Montgomery in the postseason. Six shutout innings, one hit, one walk, 13 strikeouts. Like I said, towards the end of the year, being two years off of Tommy John, finally started coming back and really looked good that 20-something innings he threw in A Pensacola plus the postseason. But what his arsenal is, he has a... Four-seam and a two-seam fastball. They're both above average. Throws them both around the mid-90s. Touches 97. It's really unique to me to see a four-seam and a two-seam all kind of be around the same speed. Usually it feels like two-seamers are a tick slower. He gets them all right in the same range. But both of these are there just to set up a curveball. It is a plus curveball in the high 70s. It has like a one to seven shape. So it's mostly vertical. There's a little bit of horizontal movement, but mostly vertical. It's vertical enough where it'll work against guys with both hands. It's not just limited to to, uh, going against a righty or a lefty. It'll work against both handed batters. Uh, He's really good, and he's gotten better, but he's really good at landing it for a strike, 
and getting you to swing and miss on it, or just burying it in the dirt and you chase for it. So he can kind of adjust and, and land it wherever he needs to land it. The control of it is very good. Uh, finally figured out a changeup. Spent a lot of 2021 trying to figure that out. And so it's, it's not great. It's probably fringe to average right now. It needs to get better. But it's something changeups I feel like are a little tricky to, to come back after TJ. It is probably going to be the differentiator between him being a starter and a reliever is if he can get that change up. Because you've got a fastball, and yes, you have a four seam and a two seam, but you have a fastball, you have a curveball, you need to get that change up to at least average to give you another weapon. And so if that happens, I can see him middle to back of rotation, depending on how good the change up is. Uh, talking about hurt guys, Jake Eater, very promising pitcher who is out had had Tommy John in 2021 we're hoping to see him this year I haven't gotten confirmation that he will be full go when spring training starts but from what I heard I think he will be so 2024th rounder out of Vandy uh, got 15 starts in double leg in 2021 before having Tommy John in August and in those starts 177 ERA in 71 and a third innings pitch. And this was his first taste of Pro Bowl. He debuted in 2021 in double A. So again, 177 ERA, 71 and a third innings, 99 strikeouts, so 12 and a half per nine, to 27 walks, 3.4 per nine, three home runs allowed. So the weapons here, he has a fastball, sits low to mid 90s. Uh, it is a plus pitch. It is like despite the velocity, it, he gets good extension on it, so it plays up a little bit. And it is, well, and plus he's a lefty. So a 95-mile-hour fastball from a lefty is better, I think, than that from a righty because it's above average for a lefty. As well as it plays up very well up in the zone. He, he elevates it uh, both for swing and miss and for chase. Does a very good job with it. He has a plus slider, and it's one of those sliders that he can adjust how much it breaks. He can make it longer. He can make it shorter. And so it does a good job of getting guys to swing and miss because they're expecting it. Oh, they might, even if they recognize the slider, they might think it's going to end here and it ends there. You know, he can, he can make it break farther and take it out of the zone. He can uh, leave it in the zone if you're expecting that. It's a really useful pitch or he can adjust. Um, he has a changeup. It's, I think it can be average. He's done some work to make it better. And so this is, it, it's in the low 80s. Uh, it, it matches arm speeds a little better now. And the control is plus, which definitely helps. So again, missed all of last year. The key is going to be, what does he look like when he comes back? Because we just don't know. We haven't seen a ton of him. And haven't seen like anything as far as video and stuff like that goes. Since 2021. Another guy we haven't seen in a long time. Is Sixto Sanchez. The last time we saw him pitch was 2020. 2015 IFA. And not going to bother going over stats. I mean we haven't seen him throw in two years. The whole thing here is. So he had a shoulder surgery. In July 2021. He came out of a playoff start in 2020. Was rehabbing over the offseason. Had surgery in July 
rehabbed all of 2022 and then had to have a cleanup procedure in October 2022. So another guy, incredibly promising, was the number one pitching prospect in this system for three years and still has rookie eligibility or prospect eligibility because he only has 39 innings in the bigs. We're just still waiting to see, does he come back? How good is he? When, when he was active, he had... 70-grade fastball, a 70-grade changeup, fantastic one-two punch. They aren't, uh, the, the movement profiles complemented each other. The arm speed matched exactly. It was very good. And then he had above-average slider and a curveball with plus control. Like, looked like a just a machine. Some of the best control in the system. Uh, one of the best changeups in the system. One of the best fastballs in the system. Uh, the question now is just, will we see him? When will he pitch? What will he look like? We don't really know. Uh, and hopefully we see him in spring training. And just a minute, let's get to the superlatives. It's always the best part of every single farm system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So we're looking at superlatives in this system. Uh, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. The poster child of that in this system, Griffin Conine. So 2018 second rounder out of Duke. He got 118 games in A last year. He had gotten the, about a month and a half to end 21, and they sent him back in 22. 215, 337, 435. 24 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 74 walks to 183 strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. So I feel like a lot of his swing issues are mechanical. The, the power's real. It's Raw powers double plus. His max exit below is like 116, one of the highest in the entire organization. But he's got some holes in his swing, some mechanical holes. Uh, specifically, top of the strike zone is a hole, and then dealing with off speed away. So things he has to work on. Defensively, outfielder, I think he's going to be stuck in a corner because he's a below average runner, uh, and the arm is questionable. But then he needs to work on the reads, routes, and reactions. He doesn't always, like when your speed is not great, you obviously have to have everything else worked out. And he has not had that. I do think that missing the 2020 season hurt him some, as well as changing organizations. He was drafted by the Blue Jays in 2018 uh, and then was, was traded to Miami in 2020. So probably going to, I would think, back to double-A, and from there, maybe triple-A if he figure, figures it out. He was Rule 5 eligible. They did not protect him, uh, and he was not selected as well. So something where MLB teams agree he's not ready, it's just a question of, does he finish it up at double-A or at triple-A? Your breakout prospect in the system is a pitcher, uh, right-hand pitcher Carson Milbrandt. So 2022 third-rounder out of high school, 62190, and I love what he can do, and I think he's going to be a breakout because he's never focused fully on baseball. Uh, he was a two-sport star in college. And it, sorry, he was a two-sport star in high school, played basketball as well. And so a lot of times when scouts were to see him, he was pitching on short rest. He wasn't at a lot of the showcases and things like that. And so it feels like he's a little bit underrated. But 
uh, plus fastball, sits in the low 90s. He can touch 96 or so with it. The spin rates are phenomenal. One of the better, like some of the better spin rates uh, in that draft class for prep pitchers. To go along with that, he's got a curveball and slider. I think both of those are average with above average potential. Uh, curveball is like an 11 to 5. He he can throw it both like he can he can throw it where he wants to throw it. He can keep it around outside of the plate or he can land it for a strike. It could potentially get to plus. The slider is low 80s, 80 to 82. Really good against righties. He can just bury it in the dirt. Uh, it's got two plane break to it. The changeup is uh, it, it has a nice downward tilt to it, so it works well against lefties. He can keep the speed, the arm speed, remarkably similar to the fastball, so it helps it disguise as well. So he and then what I love is he's super athletic. Remind you, he played he played um, he played basketball, and then he can just pump strikes. He can throw all of these things for strikes. And so you take that whole package together and it gives you the raw ingredients of somebody who could absolutely be a breakout in 2023 because he has multiple tools, he can throw them all for strikes, and he's incredibly athletic. So I like that a lot. Superlative for a guy that needs to stay healthy, pick a pitcher. I mean, even, even Yuri Perez missed time with that strained lap muscle. Obviously, Max Meyer with the TJ. Sixto Sanchez with the elbow issues, Jake Eater with the TJ, Dax Fulton coming back from a TJ. Pick a guy. Pick a pitcher. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Best defensive outfielder is Victor Mesa Jr. And let's clarify, this is Victor Mesa Jr., not his brother, Victor Victor Mesa, who also signed with the Marlins in 2019. Kind of confusing, I know. But 2019 IFA got 113 games in high A last year. 243, 323, 346, five home runs, 34 extra base hits, uh, 53 walks to 100 strikeouts, and 10 of 14 on stolen bases. So defensively, his speed has dropped from plus to above average, but I still think it's good enough to play in center field because he's got very good reads and routes and reactions. He has played some in both left and right. The arm strength obviously is good enough to be in right, and so you have versatility there because he can play anywhere in the outfield. Offensively, uh, he's got promise. I think he needs some work to kind of optimize the swing, and by that I mean mechanically. Uh, The load for his hands isn't great. The stride needs a little bit of work, and it, 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 it ends up he's not very balanced, and it's harder for him to put the the barrel of the bat where he needs to put it because of the work in the swing. So it, so mechanical work there. I don't know how much extra power you're going to get out of him. His average exit below 89 miles an hour is really good. I think that he can give you plus power. We just haven't really seen it yet. I mean, he hit 346 in high A. Uh, I'm sorry. His slugging was 346 in high A. So we haven't necessarily seen it yet, but I think there's promise there if you can get the mechanical stuff out of the way so the swing is more efficient. So that's the big change offensively for Victor Mesa. But a guy that I like to move up probably to high A, double A in 23. If all the changes take and he explodes, he may, go, he may end up in triple A in 23. But a very good defender despite not being the absolute fastest runner in this system. Fantastic week this week. 
One more farm preview to go. This one, the Washington Nationals, who added a ton of talent through trades, mostly because of Juan Soto, but have a lot of promising prospects between their draft picks, their trades, and the guys they already had in the organization. We'll talk about some of the improvements that they've made to their scouting and player development, as well as the outcome of some of these guys. Reminder, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions into Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.